Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, February 29th, 2024. I'm on your host, Blessing Adio A. Jr. Joining me is LaCroix Poppy, Tim Ma Fuck Gettys. Happy leap year day to you, Bless. Happy rebirth day to you, Tim. Oh my God, I'm doing two as well. What a time to be alive, Bless. Who would have thunk? I'm thriving. February 29th. Oh, a magical the, the day. The holiest in of days. Two discs, two beautiful discs. And this yeah. thing's coming out on. And if you live in Japan, let me tell you, very confusing. Confusion, <laughs> confusion going confusing on. Situation with those two discs. When I tell you that I was at my desk prepping KHD and I got to that story, and I, I, I just started laughing to myself it's at my so desk. It's so funny. I just, I was just like, ha, like, what the, <laughs> this, this comedy, <laughs> like, this is fucking some Seinfeld, like, like, Jerry Seinfeld himself is out, is working at Square Enix, yep. and mixing up the play and data discs, and going, they printed what, <laughs> on what, oh, I love it. no, this is my I last day here, absolutely this is my love last it. day, but yes, man, happy rebirth day to everybody, I'm so excited that everyone's going to be able to experience what we've experienced over the last couple weeks, Hell such yeah. special things, and I, I'm most excited, this is very similar to Final Fantasy 16, I'm now most excited to see everybody playing on Twitch and like to mm. pop in and see what moments that they're they're reacting to because like there's some shit in this game I just can't wait to see. People. Do you ever feel like you're missing out on like playing the game alongside everybody else? Like having that situation of being like, oh man, we're all hitting this spot together. Like yes and no because I mm. feel like we're surrounded by enough people that are playing. You know what I mean? That's true. Like it, it really depends. We on get the our game. own small version of it. You yeah, know? and I feel like specifically for something like Final Fantasy VII Rebirth where so many people at kind of funny got codes like they were so good about getting mm -hmm. anybody that wanted one code we were all playing anybody that wanted to be playing at the time that could that had the time was playing so every day we were able to come in and then there's that fun thing of just like how far are you what can, oh yeah what can we say and we're all you know trying to be like not spoiling anything. and like, i just love when there's a game that like truly nobody wants to spoil anything about because we all just want people to just experience it. Oh yeah, there, I think the only the only part that gets tough to, uh, for me is things that I want to like tweet out. Yeah, of like, man, ah. how much I love Tifa. <laughs> but I can't talk, <laughs> like I can't tweet that out because then if I if I say that, people are gonna be like, oh, he's playing Rebirth, and it's like, yeah, but it's like not a spoiler, and like it's, it's not, just a it's, fact. It's just a fact. You know, you know? I mean? maybe I could be replaying remake. Like you don't yeah. know that. But something tells me that um, the internet doesn't need more people. Saying how much they love Tifa right yes, now. Yes, they do. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah? they do. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Okay. okay. Rebirth Fair. took it to another level where I'm like, I, I mean, Rebirth was really, I love all <laughs> these characters, but also I'm like, it. I've never played a game that so, that made it so difficult to choose. Because <laughs> I'm here and I got Aerith on one side and I got Tifa on another side and I'm like, first of all, Cloud, how are you functioning as a man? How are you on this grand mission to take down Sephiroth when you got Aerith right here? How are you able to stay focused on your mission? He's not wrong. He's a better man he's, than I am. He's just not wrong. Secondly, everybody. it's funny Photoshop to milk mommy's face onto Tifa, and Barrett has it brought up here. And it's one of the most cursed things I've ever seen in my life. This is a Hojo experiment. 
It really is. Like, this is the one where he went too far. Like, all the other shit that Hojo was up to, I'm like, cool, whatever. Like, <laughs> do you, man. Do, do, do you. you. <laughs> do you, Hojo. <laughs> this, this milk mommy Tifa. Oh, we got to do something about this guy. Enough about all that. It's Tim. We got to do something about these fucking CEOs. Today's yeah, stories include some big EA layoffs. EA cancels the Mandalorian game and more because this is kind of funny games daily. Each and every weekday, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about live on YouTube, Twitch, and on podcast services around the globe. If you love what we do, please support us with the kind of funny membership on Patreon or YouTube to get all of our shows ad free, watch us record them live and get a daily exclusive show for a chance to be a part of the show. Submit your thoughts as or and opinions as YouTube super chats as we go. Housekeeping for you today. Kind of funny and the world celebrate the launch of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Our favorite party members, Mike and Andy, will be starting their journey into Rebirth with a marathon stream celebration. Stop in to celebrate the big day and support the fun as these two will venture into the unknown. One Twitch sub or YouTube membership adds time to the clock. How long can we make these two best friends play the game? Find out on youtube.com slash games. Look at this fucking thumbnail. Look at their smooth ass faces. I don't like how skinny they made Mike's face. Was it, this, is a, this is a Roger joint, I bet. Why did you do that? No, joint? I think this was Andy. Was this an oh Andy my joint? god, yeah. look at that meteor. Are you kidding? Oh, that's cool. That's good. That's, that's good. You know, that this should be on a, a shirt. This is amazing art because it's like <laughs> you're so distracted by parts of it, you don't even notice the hole. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, speaking of Final Fantasy, a new X cast is live, and it's all about Mike in Paris wondering why Final Fantasy VII remake. It says remake, but I. Bear, do they mean remake or do they mean rebirth? Uh, uh, remake because it's been years since remake has come. Ah, uh, I see, I see. Yeah, they're wondering why Final Fantasy VII remake still isn't on Xbox. Fucking these guys, you know? Yeah. Like buy a PlayStation. It's over. <laughs> no, <but laughs> it's over. <laughs> it's over. No. You know? I'm cutting Holy his mic. Shit. I'm cutting his mic. <laughs> I rush is coming to PlayStation and Switch. Just throw it out. Oh my god. Uh our Patreon producers, Carl Jacobs, streaking it ain't easy, and Delaney Twining. Today we're brought to you by Avatar Braving the Elements and a game showdown. But we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be. The Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A baker's dozen. It's the fact that I spent so much time, like you know, a couple weeks ago, being like, "I'm not in this console war bullshit. I'm not doing that." And yeah. I see, I see, like the easiest dunk to make, and, and I have just to make dunk. it. You just you gotta, gotta dunk, do. It. It's like know? when you see a trampoline in front of you, you gotta jump on it. You exactly. know what I mean? You see a crunchy leaf. That thing's getting crushed. Yeah, and I know? see fucking Paris and Mike being like, "Why don't we do Final Fantasy VII remake?" And it's like, God, you know. God, just throw it out, all right? Oh, Are you man. still playing Sea of Thieves on that thing? Why am I turning into Greg now? Just stop! Stop! Why we don't need to go down Greg? this path, Jesus. <laughs> Let's start off with story number one. Uh, EA is to lay off around 670 workers. Uh, they're sunsetting games, and they're moving away from future licensed IP. I'm pulling from Rebecca Valentine at IGN. Electronic Arts has announced that it, too, is undergoing mass layoffs with plans to let go 5% of its total global staff, or roughly 670 individuals. In a note today sent to staff, CEO Andrew Wilson said that EA is reacting to, quote, accelerating industry transformation where player, where player needs and motivations uh, are changed. Uh, player needs and motivations. There's a typo here, but it says I'm going to assume are changed significantly is what they mean. Uh, crucially, EA also said uh, that it is, quote, moving away from the development of future licensed IP. EA currently has several confirmed Star Wars and Marvel games in development, including a third Jedi game, Black Panther, and Iron Man. 
We've since learned that EA is canceling Respawn's Star Wars FPS, which was announced last year, but had not yet been fully revealed. According, I didn't realize that was announced. I thought it was like a reported rumor thing. That's interesting. Yeah. According to Wilson, EA will double down on owned IP, sports, and massive online communities. Uh, while Wilson did not provide details on which games would be sunset, EA already announced that it would be shuttering two mobile games, F1, Mobile Racing, and MLB Tap Sports. Quote, this greater focus allows us to drive creativity, accelerate innovation, and double down on our biggest opportunities, including our owned IP, sports, and massive online communities, to deliver the entertainment players want today and tomorrow. Lastly, we are streamlining our company operations to deliver deeper, more connected uh, experiences for fans everywhere that build community, shape culture, and grow fandom, Wilson wrote. IGN understands that these layoffs will impact a number of teams across EA, largely affecting uh, support teams. While some developers will be impacted, EA largely hopes to move them off of canceled projects and onto other teams. Per Wilson, these changes are already being communicated and will largely be completed by early next quarter. A lot here, Tim. There is, man. And obviously, let's just start with the, the top. This fucking sucks. Yep. And these numbers are just egregious and so fucking upsetting. And then when you start reading the actual words behind it all, it's like, how are we here? And it's like, of course, this is how we're here. We, we know the answer to that question. It's just, it's so unfortunate. And yeah. uh, looking at this, the, the strategy that they seem to be putting in place is so unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the idea of going and like canceling um, some in-development games talking about how, yeah, we're going to focus less on these different IP, right? And focus in on what works for EA. For me, like, obviously, as it starts off with all these stories, it is our hearts go out to the people that are losing their jobs here. Like, that sucks. 670 people. That is a large amount of people. Like, even when, when you think about it in the context of, hey, like, forget all, all the layoffs that just happened. Like, we've gotten thousands and thousands and thousands of people that have lost literally. their jobs in the industry. Literally, that number, right? In a ecosystem in our in like in, in a i guess environment where we're not seeing all this and we're not starting to get like you know callous to it and like being like oh yeah this happens right like in a bubble 670 workers five percent of ea that's a huge deal that is a huge deal that i think as we go doesn't feel like a huge deal because we literally oh, are 670 that's not as big as a thousand yeah that's not as big as a thousand. oh we just talked about all these playstation studios oh we've been talking about embracer and all this shit right but like that's a large blow to ea and then you I think to bring it back, right, like looking at EA as a company and how I've viewed EA in the last, I'll say, decade where, you know, EA was voted one year, like about a decade ago, Many I want to say, yeah. maybe multiple, yeah, multiple years yeah. as like the worst company at, in the world. So or something like, is, mm -hmm. which as I say that out loud, I'm like, that can't be true, right? Yeah, EA? it was, it was Electronic Arts and, and then Comcast had some back and forth. Which is, which is crazy. Yeah. Right. And like, it's due to, you know, fan dissatisfaction is due, it's due to like the idea of you go to an EA E3 press conference or you watch an EA E3 press conference and it is sports, sports, battlefield, microtransactions, all this shit that people in the gaming sphere have grown sick of. And I've looked at EA in the last, what, like maybe five to seven years as growing out of that, right? Yep. Like we've seen what Respawn has been able to do in redefining what EA is. We've seen what Titanfall and Titanfall 2 have been able to do. We've seen it takes Star two. Wars. It takes two. a game of the year. Yeah, let, let alone like all the other year original stuff, right? A way out. I think there's like uh, there's like another uh, EA original. I guess let's last year we got Wild Hearts and then Immortals. And I know that they didn't do great, but you've been seeing different kinds of games coming out of EA. And in my opinion, EA has been doing a good job of redefining that 
idea of what EA is and what EA can be. Like there are other publishers that I'll put under EA in terms of like I the worst company agree. conversation. Um, so to see this and to see like the Star Wars Mandalorian game, the one that, uh, God, like to go through it, right? This has been, if, if, I, if I had a, a quarter for every time EA has mishandled a Titanfall-esque game from Respawn, I've had, I would have a surprising amount of quarters, Tim. Because, like, we go back to Titanfall 2 and them dropping that in between Call of Duty and Battlefield 1. Mm -hmm. And that game just not, like, that game being probably the best out of the three, at least if you're talking about campaign, and it not being able to perform because EA positioned that for failure. It's like, that fucking sucks. You then move on to rumors that we've had of Titanfall, uh, uh, was it? Yeah, Titanfall Legends, which was this new uh titanfall type game that you know had like roguelite elements and sounded cool and like jeff grubb was giving a lot of details on it and it sounded awesome and then that that they're like ah, no, let's not do that anymore and now you have them respawn making another first person shooter campaign which people want from them right mm -hmm. people really want and it's star wars and it's like okay yeah that's something that's that has that ip power that's going to sell and it's uh uh it, you know being described as this fast-paced thing that is taking influence from titanfall and all this stuff and it's yeah, that sounds like the dream. And again, you cancel it. What's happening? Like, why? And I think the, and I, I want to get your opinion on this, right? Like, is it the fact that it's IP? Is it the fact of, like, you look at the cut that Disney's probably going to take and go, oh, it's not worth it. Let's focus on sports. I mean, that's where I, I, we need more answers here because it baffles me. I don't quite get it because you look at the success that they've had. And a lot of it has been based on some of these IP, including star Wars, right? With yeah. the Jedi games and um, them talking about this Mandalorian game, which is essentially Titanfall, but Mandalorians, that is, that really does sound like a dream to me. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago when this information was leaked or officially revealed, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, they're, it's officially canceled it was now. But whatever, how they're now at least acknowledging that the thing existed. Um, yeah. So it's very unfortunate that that's happening. But despite EA's move to focusing on, I, on owned IP, EA said to remain focused on its longstanding relationship with Disney and Marvel. That just feels very conflicting. Like that feels I, like it's not consistent, and maybe it's just like how far along in the process see, these things. That's were. my th I, the way I read it, especially off of canceling this internal like Star Wars Mandalorian thing. Is I wonder if the next Star Wars Jedi game is the last one we get, and I wonder if after Iron Man and Black Panther, those are just the only ones we get of those. Like we don't see any sequels or anything. Yeah, maybe they just see those through because they've already announced it, and they it, they spun up a whole studio to make this Black Panther game. Smarter people than us are going to eventually f figure this all out, but yeah. I I do with EA here like it's not essentially it's straight up telling us that the industry has gotten too big. There's too much money being put into things, and the licensed games aren't working because. Be Due to the cost of licensing, we're not making the money that we need to make. Yeah. That's what they're saying. Is that going to change at some point? What's that going to contribute to? Does this mean that we're, instead of Mandalorian, we're going to get Titanfall 3? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what, if they're going to refocus on their own thing, like, what licensing are they talking about? Like, and another FIFA, thing, I think, FIFA not is, FIFA, but like, but soccer, sports. sports. Sports licensing is a huge, huge part of this. But then, mm -hmm. so what happens here, Bless, if they don't, if what you're saying is true, which I think might be the case after the announced games um, from the Star Wars side and Marvel side mm. come out, are they not going to do those anymore? And then on the sports side, like at what point are they like, well, we're not going to do this license. We're not going to do, we're not going to use the Madden license. Like then what, I mean, what does I, EA have? I mean, I think with that, right? Like, I mean, they still have the Madden license. I think what you, I, I, I think the sports games are a different beast than what Disney is, right? Mm -hmm. Because I, I was talking to somebody yesterday about the, um, 
like Disney licenses and specifically coming out of the Insomniac leak, you look at the, the things that people were, uh, uh, the things that came out about how much money Disney gets as a cut mm -hmm. from something like Spider-Man or something like the upcoming Wolverine game. And it's a lot of money. Oh, like, yeah. There's a lot of money that Disney is, is requiring off of that. And I can, I can see a case for EA being like, well, we make all this money off of EA Sports FC, not FIFA anymore, but EA Sports FC, right? We make all this money off of Madden. We make all this money off of sports as licenses. Why are we giving all this money to Disney to make these things? Like instead of instead of Black Panther 2 or Iron Man 2, once those games come out, what if you have those studios work on something like what if we get back to our NBA live bag and see if we can make that happen? Or what if you like try to focus in on either original IP that I don't know if it's going to lean into sports or lean into like Titanfall 3 doesn't seem like the answer for to me. Like Titanfall 3 doesn't seem like the answer to EA specifically. Right? Like I would love a Titanfall 3, but that's not going to make I, even a Titanfall 3 that comes out and does like Titanfall numbers. That's not going to make as much money as a Star Wars Mandalorian game. I would think. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Well, I mean, but that's the interesting part about this. Will it make as much money? Yes. Gross though. Mm -hmm. Net. What's the difference there? Right, because mm -hmm. of the licensing of having to pay it. Like, yeah. if it made a no, hundred million, but it cost ninety nine million to make, and something else. But that's why I, that's why I think that, you know they look at sports and they go, and you're talking about gross. Cool. Not only are we getting the sales of these copies, we're getting Ultimate Team, baby. Like we're yeah, making so that, yeah. much money off of this, and we're releasing these games yearly. Hey, <laughs> like, what's the Drake lyric where he's like, you know, they said they don't they miss the old Drake. Girl, don't test me. <laughs> like EA is like, yo, you miss the old EA because we're about to come back, bro. Yeah, you're about to we're about to be voted number one again. And that's the problem. Ugh, yeah, this sucks. I the uh, there was an interesting uh, Twitter thread and back and forth. You know, you talk about people that know more than us are going to get to the bottom of this. When I think about people that know more than me, especially when it comes to the video game business side of things, I think of Matt Piscatella, mm -hmm. obviously like see uh, like high up CEO head of Circana, which used to be MPD. They do all the video game uh, numbers and analytics stuff. Whenever we read the top 10 games and he always has a very good uh, Twitter presence and is like enlightening me whenever I log on to Twitter as a oh, website. Yes, sure. um, and there was a thread that, uh, Jeff Grubb was talking about speaking of somebody who's smarter than me, right? Like Jeff Grubb was uh, uh, was tweeting out this morning. Stop calling it a video game crash. That implies that it's like uh, some sort of uncontrollable force of the market. You can't have a crash, at least in the U.S., when the market is up four percent year over year in 2023. That's the opposite of a crash. This is execs mi mimicking growth by cutting costs. Uh, he then goes on to say that you know video game production is obviously having a reckoning with reality right now. But the point is that Microsoft, Sony, and EA all reported profits. Uh, EA or repurchased 2.5 million shares it had 204 million dollars in profit last quarter um he then goes on he had like a back and forth with somebody else and they got into this conversation of like the uh, uh, the money shifting and i'm trying to find it because matt piscatella then quote tweeted it and i thought it was a very interesting idea but matt piscatella also tweets a lot and so now i'm like scrolling through <laughs> his timeline i can't find the original tweet um but yeah it was like it was the idea of hey this isn't necessarily the video game market losing money or not making as much money it is just the growth not being there and i think the the tweet that i saw from jeff was specifically talking about how uh, uh younger people aren't like showing up for console sales right but like that money is being shifted elsewhere like that's how you mm -hmm. see the playstation numbers starting to dip now yeah. year over year but then video game numbers in general are rising and maybe that is games or service maybe that is like mm -hmm. other things right but the money is going different places the video game market is still the consumers are there. The consumers are there. The, are there. the that's money the is there. That's the point that he's making, which is, I think is, is incredibly important, is that the consumers are still there. There are more gamers than ever that are actually buying games, however they're buying them. And 
buying might not even be the right word, but funding games, like, like being the monetization of different games and different strategies. And that could lead to a crash because of how the, if there ends up not being, if games are ballooning too much that they're not even being able to be made to then be sold, mm. that's when the crash happens, yeah. right? So yeah, and I found the tw the tweet the from Matt Piscatelli. He had like a whole chart breaking down um, like some Circana analytics from the other day, and he says, yeah, there's an interesting shift happening in the U.S. video game console hardware. The percentage of purchases made by those 18 to 24 has fallen to seven percent versus 15 percent in Q1 2020, while 23 percent of purchases are now done by those aged 55 uh, plus uh, versus 17 percent in Q1 2020. And somebody had quote tweeted this and then sent it to Jeff, being like, you know, what about this from Matt Pisc uh, Piscatelli and Jeff? responds right now show me where show me where 18 to 24 are spending less on video games or are they just not are they just not spending the, uh, that money on console hardware again it's a shift not a crash and then matt piscatella then re uh, uh, replies to him and says grub is right not anywhere we're not anywhere near a crash it's a shift in where the dollars are going and so like <sighs> video game is a business is in an interesting place right now a lot of things are changing a lot of these changings are effect are affecting how these uh, uh, companies are operating in terms of laying these people off, close, cl closing down these studios, trying to reallocate where the money goes now they use their money. I am so curious on where this lands us <clears throat> a couple years from now. And I'm also very sc scared of where this lands us, right? Like, our, obviously, we're seeing a lot of people lose jobs. I think that's going to lead to just bad things overall. But when we're talking about games four years from now, are we ever talking about games that are as big budget as like a last us part two again are we talking about games that are now shorter are we talking about games like what is the genre that is now dominating right have you all shifted back to multiplayer have you shifted back to single player like things are changing right now and i'm fascinated to see where we end up in let's say 2027 2028 because I am, of all this i'm so right there with you and the amount of times while playing through final fantasy 7 rebirth so 50 plus hours the amount yeah. of times i was like how is this possible? How is this game real? How is there this much production value and this much things to do? How has a game gotten this big? And how is this part two of three of a remake of a game that came out in the 90s? Games are just so much bigger, AAA games specifically, mm. so much bigger than they've ever been. And you see the money. Like you oh, yeah. see the money in these games. And it is wild to even look back at like god of war ragnarok and look at a lot of the games that we talk about and it's like how did we get here because mm -hmm. generations ago even the giant big tentpole games they weren't like this oh yeah <laughs> you know and it's just uh that to me is the thing that i i i while i'm playing it i feel like it's not sustainable and then you hear all these news and stuff and you see the reports and like yep. honestly the insomniac leaks the realities of the numbers of the money behind spider-man is fucking frightening it's insane it's so scary because you but before all that you look at it and you're like oh well they must be making the money back yeah this, this must be the biggest success this in must the be world so much money and then you see the facts and you're like oh shit yeah that is the 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 scariest thing of all this because to to go to what you were um prompting there of in 2028 like what are games going to look like I think we're already seeing the shift of games looking like different things than more different things than we've ever seen before. Before it used to essentially just be you're either like think back to the PS2 then PS3 era, right? Triple mm -hmm. A and double A. Like double A was a thing then. Triple A meant something very different than what triple A means now. Yeah. But now you look at it and it's like indies are just a, a thing. And even indies have a range now. And mm -hmm. then you look at every single thing in between of what like triple A could be a Nintendo game or a PS5 
prestige title. And those are very different situations, but they're both AAA. Yep. And it's just like the amount of different words we can use to describe things and how those words can change depending on who we're talking about, the context and all of that. There's just more games than ever, but we still look at these giant tentpole blockbuster experiences as the like peak of all of it because that's where there is a, a insane audience demand. Mm -hmm. People show up for those things, but the race to like be bigger and bigger and bigger, I, I don't know how Dude, long people can keep running. And that's the thing is like, I, uh, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, right? So I don't want to get ahead of myself when I mm -hmm. say this, but I, I, I have been thinking about this in the last few weeks as we've especially gotten like the PlayStation layoff stories, right? And we've thought about budgets and like me and Greg have talked about on PS I Love You plenty of times about how, um, how we would like to see more Uncharted Lost Legacies or Spider-Man Miles Morales, right? Like mm -hmm. these games, but tighten them up, make them shorter, explore that scale of what price can be, right? Maybe charge $50 instead of $70, all this stuff. One of the things I've been thinking about is like, man, has, like, did that peak era of like late PS4 where we, and like early, so far on the PS5 as well, yeah. right? Of like getting all these fucking highest budget, highest polished games is, has PlayStation shot themselves in the foot in like the further future when we get to a place where that is unsustainable and now we have to put out games that maybe don't, aren't as big and good looking as they got of War Ragnarok? It seems like it. Are we going to get to a place where it's like, oh, that was a, that was just what? 2017 yeah. through 2024. I think so. I don't I don't think that it's ever going to be this way again. Mm -hmm. And I would love to be wrong, but it, it just there's so much evidence to where we're at of like what we had was so special and we knew it at the time. Like yeah. I, we knew all was happening. And that's why I even think back to like a lot of the showcases of like like specifically the PlayStation showcases around the PS5 launch. I remember being like this is a 5 out of 5. You cannot get better than this and seeing people even in the chat being like that was mid. And I'm like, "Y'all yeah. motherfuckers don't know what mid is." Like, do you remember PS3 showcases? Do you remember mm. even the early PS4 showcases? Like, what are we talking about? We're getting announcements or like follow-ups on multiple of the big PlayStation Studios titles. Like, this is wild and we're just not there anymore and I don't know with how big things have scaled for the Sony games in particular. Mm -hmm. When you look at Gorilla, when you look at um, uh, Bend, when you look at Sucker Punch, you look at Naughty Dog, you look at Insomniac, like there's so many different teams, but I don't know that we ever see that showcase that we're getting multiple oh, of them again. I think, I think we, maybe we get one more of those. I think we're already in like that place where a lot of these studios are like a long way uh, through these projects. Like I think, Ghost 2, Ghost of Tsushima 2, mm -hmm. right? I think is only like maybe a couple years away. And like, I think hopefully Team Asobi is far along on Astrobot and Bluepoint, you would think, is far along in their project. I think we get maybe one more of those showcases, which are like the ones that are currently in development. I think after this development side, and like Corey Barlog's game, for example, yep. and like stuff like that. I think after this next wave, then it's like a, all right, what are you, where are, what are, you where are we at? What kind of games are we working on as PlayStation Studios? Because yeah, like I'm just I'm fascinated to see if we can keep this up. Like, is this the way? Especially getting that inside look at what these budgets are, right? It is wild out there. As I've been talking, I've been trying to find this tweet from Harada from a couple of days ago, and I'm not able to find it anywhere. But there's a tweet from Harada that he put out replying to uh somebody who's basically complaining about uh Tekken 8 microtransactions, right? And it was like kind of a long breakdown of what AAA was when he was making or when he was working on Tekken 5 for PS2 versus what but just are even now for Tekken 8 and how big of a gap it is of what expectations are, how much uh, expect, ex expectations there are from both audience and shareholder, how much money it takes to keep up servers and like that ongoing cost, meaning that they have to make ongoing money, right? Like if you, ma if you make this 
lump sum of money from selling your games day one and like having people pick up that first copy of the game and then not giving money after that, then after a while, it's like, well, how are we supposed to pay for servers, right? Like if you guys want this game to last for seven years or eight years or however long you you, uh, you want it, we got to make money somehow. And it's him kind of breaking yeah. down those costs. And those costs, like it was a, re I really enjoyed the read from Harada just as somebody who is at the head of a big AAA studio making a big AAA game. But yeah. Very fascinating stuff. And it is, man. Let's move on to story number two, which is a continuation of story number one. Respawn's Star Wars FPS is canceled, but work on the next Jedi game. Black Panther and Iron Man will continue. This is Rebecca Valentine at IGN. Following CEO Andrew Wilson's announcement of the cuts today, EA Entertainment, Entertainment President Laura Meal shared a note with staff explaining in more detail with EA's business priorities uh, would be going forward. This includes her announcement that EA is shutting down an early development Star Wars FPS action game as part of an ongoing focus on its own own owned brands and supporting its existing games. Quote, it's always hard to walk away from a project, and this decision is not a reflection of the team's talent, tenacity, or passion they, they have for the game, Mule wrote. Uh, giving fans the next installments of the iconic franchises they want is the definition of blockbuster storytelling and the right place to focus, end quote. Not much is known about the Star Wars FPS, but it was rumored to feature a Mandalorian protagonist in some way. Uh, the fate of EA's Star Wars strategy game is also unclear. EA is undertaking the move in, in part due to what it perceives to be a rapid shift toward large open world games, massive communities, and live service games. IGN understands that the team previously worked on this game, uh, or sorry, IGN understands that the team previously working on this game will be largely reassigned to other projects, including Apex Legends, Iron Man, Black Panther, and Jedi, for which EA has confirmed a third installment. The Star Wars Jedi franchise will continue despite EA's move to focus on owned IP, and EA is said to remain focused on its long-standing relationship uh, with Disney slash Marvel. I will say from all of this news, like the thing that I'm, I'm happiest about is that the iron man and black panther games are not canceled yeah you know um specifically the iron man one is something that i've been really looking forward to um and it, like just with how this news all broke yesterday it it was just so deflating to have these again just adding on numbers of all these layoffs and then these giant canceled projects where the fear in the industry right now of being a game developer that's working and every day waking up hearing these stories and being like When's it going to be me? Like, when's it coming for me? And games, big games, a Star Wars Mandalorian game from Respawn just being canceled. That's terrifying to the people that work at Respawn. Oh, for sure. And the idea of like, oh, people are going to be moved around to other teams and stuff. That doesn't sound like a sure thing. That sounds like a wobbly ass bridge at best, mm. you know? So it's just, it is reassuring that for the time being, at least some of these giant projects that we know about are still going forward. What's up, Eric? I'm just going to say, I think Mandalorian games are cursed, Tim. Mm. I think they're cursed. Remember mm. the last big one? Yeah. Well, what was the last big one? 1313. Oh, fuck. I forgot 13, about 1313. Oh, I didn't it, realize that was a Mandalorian thing. I thought if, that was like if a... If I remember um, correctly, that was going to be a game focusing on Boba Fett and like him becoming what we knew him as in the original trilogy. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I don't know why I thought that was going to be more of like an Uncharted... I guess... No, but I think I'm, it was like, but I think it was, was going to have that kind of gameplay. But yeah. gotcha, 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 gotcha. And then I know there was the other one, right? The um, Amy Hennig, Hennig Star yeah. Wars game. That was a different one. Ragtag. Ra Project Ragtag. Yeah. God, remember the two seconds? I'll never forget <laughs> those two E3? seconds. That just take? Come out. on, bro. It was like, oh man, this is gonna, this is gonna be a game. This is gonna, hit. <laughs> this is gonna be a game. And no, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> it was not never gonna be a game. game. And yeah. I mean, to that point, right? You talk about like Black Panther and the Iron Man not being canceled. 
Do we ever see those games? I mean, that's good. that is an uh, an excellent question, man. Like mm-hmm. it's been a long ass time, and we have not seen shit from those games, specifically Iron Man, right? Yeah, like that game was announced. The, I feel but, oh. you know my problem with this is I might be conflating it with the Iron Man VR game. I was gonna say because like those games, I mean, it's been a long time, but it's not been that long. It's been yeah, maybe two years. I think yeah. Black Panther I mean, might have been announced last year. But, but with Iron Man, even two years, it's like it's surprising that we haven't heard seen anything since. Mm-hmm. But also, there's the context of there was no EA play, and we like they put out Jedi Survivor, so it's like there's there are big things happening over there. Um, I let me say this mm-hmm. with this report, I do think we see the games. Yesterday, though, I was me and you were talking. I was like, oh fuck, we're not seeing these games. So that's how at any second I yeah. can change my opinion on, on <laughs> if we see it. Do you think we do? Uh, I want to hope. I'm scared that we don't. Like, to your point of being at, somebody being at Respawn and seeing this and be t- terrified, right? If I see this and I'm working at the studio that's making Black Panther, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like, oof, you know? Like, I feel like that's a scary place to be because you're working on a game that, you know, is the, uh, uh, you're a new studio. We're working on a first game in a franchise. You see, like, the other licensed thing that the, that the publisher was working on and it being the another Disney thing, right? It's like, damn, we have a lot in common over here, and, like, we're not Respawn, and Respawn's project got canceled. Like, how, how are we supposed to view ourselves here, right, in terms of what, how EA is doing the business? I, I wonder how EA views it as, like, a new studio, right? Like, you just spun up this thing in Seattle. This studio has potential in terms of, even if they don't make a Black Panther thing, the Seattle one's making a Black Panther, yeah, even if we don't make a Black Panther thing, maybe we can put them on some different open-world game or some original EAIP that they want they want to re-explore whatever it is uh so with that right I think as the studio I hope to not, to not see the studio shutter I hope that they continue because I would like to see what the studio has to offer but do we see the Black Panther game I'm 50 50 I really mm-hmm. don't know like I'm, I don't have confidence in it same with Iron Man yeah I don't have confidence that we're going to see these games because like are these I think you all for me I also asked the question are these surefire bets we want to say mean, yes because oh single player Iron Man single player Black Panther but for EA how did Dead Space perform? I wonder. How did Dead Space perform? You know, it was critically well received. It was awesome. I fucking love Dead Space remake, and I feel like if it didn't come out last year, it would have been talked about a lot more. Just last year had so many amazing games, mm-hmm. and it being a remake, it kind of was like, oh, we don't need to prioritize it or whatever. But um, again, EA's been cooking. EA's been putting out some stuff yeah. that, like that hits. So, and for context for people, because I know it's confusing, there's two Black Panther games. There's the one with Captain America that's in like in that takes place 70 years ago or something like that, and that is the Amy Hennig one that's being worked on uh, by I always get Skydance. Skydance, yeah, I keep wanting to say Skybound. I know it's not Skybound, but by Skydance, the EA one is the one we've not gotten a trailer for yet. I don't think it's a it's the big open world uh, Black Panther game that was first reported, but then officially announced with like I think key art <laughs> or something like that. It's all confusing. Yeah. I get it, but hopefully we see it. I would love a Black Panther game. I would also love. If y'all checked out patreon.com slash kind of funny and youtube.com slash kind of funny games where you can go and get the kind of funny membership, which allows you to get shows ad free. Oh, and speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode's brought to you by Avatar Braving the Elements. We know you love talking about all things TV, film, and pop culture with us, so there's another podcast that we think you're going to enjoy. It's called Avatar Braving the Elements, and it's Nickelodeon's official companion podcast to Avatar The Last Airbender. 
Y'all already know Barrett loves Avatar. He thinks it's one of the best coming-of-age heroes journeys out there that perfectly blends enticing action, great comedy, and social commentary that's all backed by great art style and an iconic soundtrack. Each week, host Janet Varney, the voice of Korra, and Dante Bosco, the voice of Zuko, rewatch every episode of The Last Airbender. They're joined by special guests like the cast, super fans, and even the creators of Avatar, Michael DiMartino and Brian Konitzko, for a deep dive and behind-the-scenes look into the Avatarverse you can't get anywhere else. Whether you're a longtime bender or new to the series, jump into the epic world of Avatar with Avatar Braving the Elements. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Y'all need to check out Kind of Funny Game Showdown, our weekly video game trivia game show. You can watch live on YouTube or on Twitch every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. But now, thanks to popular demand, Kind of Funny Game Showdown is available on podcast services. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else, please subscribe and rate the show five stars. It really helps us get Kind of Funny out there. And we couldn't thank you enough. We aim to make this a video-only show, so many of the games we best enjoyed watching on YouTube. But despite that, enough of you guys asked for audio versions so we're making that happen anyways of course that also means if you have the kind of funny membership on patreon you will now also get the audio version of the show ad free no matter how you're watching or listening to kind of funny game showdown thank you and if you haven't checked it out yet there is no better time than now we're already many episodes into the show so you can catch up now on youtube or the brand new podcast version of the show if you love what we do please get the kind of funny membership on patreon or on youtube to get the show ad free if you just want to support us for free please subscribe and rate kind of funny game showdown on your favorite podcast service now if you're an athlete you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down after all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. I do. I did find the Harada tweet because it was bugging me because I was, yeah, I was searching it. deep for it um, at Harada Tech, and he was replying to somebody again, complaining about like um, the cost of uh, 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 making games or like the micro microtransaction thing, right? Harada then tweets: uh, development costs are now ten times more expensive than in the '90s, and more than double or nearly triple the cost of Tekken Seven. Think about that. Tekken Seven came out in 2017 in the West on consoles. It came out like the year before in arcade, but. Double or nearly triple the cost of Tekken 7 to make Tekken 8. Yeah. Even the fight lounge servers are, are costly to maintain. In the past, there weren't so many specs and there wasn't online. Plus, they didn't have such high resolution and high definition. Now, so many people want the game to run and be supported for a long time. It costs money to continually update the game for that reason. However, he probably only keeps... Uh, uh, this, is, this is, He then goes on to insult the guy. Uh, the, econ <laughs> the economic situation <laughs> and everything else is changing. If we simply do nothing, as he suggests, uh, the game will simply stop running in a few months. I think this is what he wants. So there's no point in talking to him about these realities. Uh, he wants us to stop economic activity and stop updating and supporting the game. But yeah, 
dude. Yeah, th- there's there's a lot there, and in him talking about the resolution and all this stuff, like something I've been thinking about a lot as I have been playing these fucking amazing games recently. This uh, Valhalla really um, made me nonstop think about how amazing the sound mix in that Valhalla. game is. God of War. Ragnar, oh Valhalla. yes. How amazing! Sorry, not, <laughs> For a second, I was like, "You've been playing Assassin's Creed." My bad, my bad. Um, how amazing the sound design in that game is, and how much love and care was put into the sound mix and the quality of it all. Playing uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, the amount of music tracks and just how good all the sound is and everything. And I know that I'm an asshole. I know that I care about this stuff way too much. I know that I care to invest in theater tech and all of that. And I know that I have a setup that most people don't have. Mm-hmm. And they're making the sound design for me, like. They're investing that much so that it is perfect for the highest end of home entertainment. And I'm like, that can't be sustainable. Yeah. Like that there's so much love and care and money being put into this. And it's wild because like you watch a movie and like you see everything that goes into a movie when it has a good sound mix, bad sound mix, like the difference, whatever, the cost of a real orchestra versus uh just really, really convincing um sound fonts or whatever it is. Yeah. There's money being put into this stuff that a lot of people don't even think about don't even care oh, about. yeah but it's like for a game that big all of those elements add up and i am just like it scares me it's how crazy. much money is has to go in this especially stuff. like final faces and rebirth which is so it has so much cinema to it right yep. like we watched advent children yeah. in theater and the whole time watching advent children i was like man this looks ugly compared to rebirth and this is a fucking movie that and came out in, in i don't know if it came out in theater but like it's a movie <laughs> it, now in 2005 when the, well whatever the complete edition comes out and it's a two-hour movie right yeah rebirth is 50 fucking hours if you speed through it yeah if you speed through it yeah <laughs> i spent 70 hours and i have uh, so much more th- more time to put into rebirth Insane, man. and it's for the most part all fucking fantastic looking and sounding and yeah all these things and so Man, video games, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, we do have breaking news that uh, popped as we were starting the show. Um, Activision Studio, Toys for Bob, is going independent. Uh, this is Steven Totillo at GameFile.News. Toys for Bob, the story development studio behind Star Control, Skylanders, and recent releases of the Spire and Crash Bandicoot series, is going independent after a 19-year run as a subsidiary of Activision. The studio announced the news in a blog post, providing uh, a surprising follow-up after questions swirled earlier this month about the fate of the studio. Cool. And yeah, they have this thing that says we're going indie. Dude. I'm a huge Toys for Bob fan, mm-hmm. and I, I, I was a huge Vicarious Visions fan. I'm a, I was a huge fan of, what was it, High Moon Studios, Beanox, so many of these Activision-owned uh, teams that just one by one were getting sucked into the, the Activision machine, and then the, the Xbox acquisition happened, and like so many stories were coming out that I'm like, this sucks. Nothing here is good. There was always hope that potentially, potentially, we're going to see Toys for Bob make a banjo game. Yeah. Maybe, maybe do another crash, do another God, Spyro. I can't believe they didn't. Uh, I mean, they still might, though. They're, they, they're talking here. It's like they still might partner with uh, Microsoft oh. as an indie. Okay. Um, and they do say in that final paragraph, so keep your horns on. What does that mean? Spyro. Spyro. Oh. Yeah. So anyway, I'm. this seems like very, very good news. I'm celebrating that we are at a point in this disastrous mess of the acquisition era uh, of gaming that things like this are even possible dude i mean i you talk about being such a fan of like toys for bob right I, for me i'm a fan of um oh what's the hitman studio that i love so I much io interactive who if you remember right was owned by square enix and like mm-hmm. where they 
uh, were, I guess not sold, but like they split off from Square Enix, became independent, was able to retain the Hitman IP, and I Interactive has been doing great, right? They've been putting out great games, they've been doing the damn thing, and I really hope the same for Toys for Bob, right? Like, I would love to see, even if they are partnering with Microsoft on the on, um, uh, Banjo or whatever, like the game, New Spyro, whatever it is, the purple's telling me it's gonna be Spyro. Uh, but I guess it's orange, so that's Crash. I guess that's just them re referencing themselves. Yeah, it's it's just boys. their vibe. Yeah. But yeah, like, I hope they're able to carve their own, like, path in a way that is, oh yeah, like, this is a refreshed, max, max potentialed Toys for Bob. Yeah. Yeah, make the games you wanna make, don't have to like don't support call of duty like you know be your own studio like that for me is very exciting so shout out to toys yes. for bob I, I think the the biggest win here is that this means they're not working on call of duty yeah it, it wasn't this the studio too that we were uh speculating um that they were being shut down because their office uh, building was uh, being closed or something like that yeah or but was it wasn't even so one? much speculating to shut down just more just moves towards like this doesn't sound good. This yeah. doesn't sound like this but, group but again, is getting. Like from the last time we heard of Toys for Bob, it looked like it was going to be fucking dire. So it's it, it, it's just like a nice kind of like. Uh, yeah. Again, this is out. step one. Like this isn't necessarily good news for them. Like because especially in a world where funding is at uh, a all time low, it seems in in at least not all time, but like a low for the last couple of years at least. Like, yeah. how's an independent game going to get funded and and properly put on on things? We'll see. Partnering with Microsoft sounds like a great way to do that. Oh, for sure. But, but again, I think because they're going independent, uh, they get to have more of that say in how they operate rather than letting the powers that be uh, do it for them. So I, yeah. I, I yeah. see it as a win. Totally. Now, with that, though, that does that means they don't, unless they partner, they don't have access to Spyro or Crash because those are owned by Activision. Sure. Yeah. So. Who did um, the Tony Hawk 1 plus 2? Vicarious Visions. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. For a second, I was like, is there hope for now for 3 no. plus 4? Because, <laughs> man, I want 3 plus 4 real bad. Yeah, I think like, Vicarious is just gone. Like, yeah. they, they shut them down. So Heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, story number three. We got more of this kind of news. Saber Interactive is leaving Embracer Group. This is Jason Schreier at Bloomberg. Embracer Group will sell one of its largest subsidiaries, Saber Interactive, to a group of private investors in a deal worth up to $500 million, according to a person familiar with the transaction. Saber will become a privately owned company with around 3,500 employees, said the person who asked not to be identified uh, discussing non-public information. The company plans to continue developing a remake of Star Wars The Knights of the Old Republic, the highly anticipated game that was removed from its previous developer, Aspire Media, in 2022. The deal will be one of Embracer's largest moves yet in an ongoing cost-cutting initiative that has seen the company lay off employees and shutter studios around the world over the past year. Saber and Embracer declined to comment. Saber, the developer of games such as SnowRunner and World War Z, operates studios in several countries, including the U.S., Portugal, and Russia. In addition to making its own original titles, it does work for other developers. Embracer purchased Saber for $525 million in 2020 as part of a spending spree in which Chief Executive Officer Lars Wingfors acquired at least 27 companies. Uh, several of the acquisitions, such as Demiurge Studios, based in Boston, and New World Interactive, based in Denver, were sold or folded into Saber. The $500 million figure includes an option for Saber to bring along multiple Embracer subsidiaries, the person said. Good, I guess? This, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Good, I guess. Like it, this, Coupling this with the story we had as number one of EA being like, oh, the licensing just makes this shit not worth it. It's like, 
now this company that is getting even less support, yeah. making a Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake doesn't sound like a surefire win, mm-hmm. but getting away from Embracer That's the thing, is sounds like, like a major step <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah, honestly. Oh, man. Yeah. It's like you're getting away from like a toxic ex, but then it's like, man, I can. Well, now I got to move out. Yeah, <laughs> now, you still got a lot of problems you're holding I, on now to. I got a lot of problems. You got to move I'm, all your shit. Yeah, I got to move all my shit. I'm a dog. buy a new sofa. Yeah, I got to find a new apartment and I don't have that much money. Like, I got to figure this shit out, but at least I'm away from them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's a, it's a tough place to be. But also, yeah, like, at least you do have a Star Wars you're working on, which, you know, you talk about not being a surefire bed, and I agree with you there. But hey, if it hits. I mean, if you hit, if it that's hits, amazing. Yeah, right? that, like, that'd but, be awesome. Yeah. Um, my my thing is like, God, I hope Crystal Dynamics is able to do this, right? Like, Crystal is it, save Crystal. <laughs> somebody like, save somebody Crystal. save Crystal. Like, if you're a private investor out there and you're non toxic, like, please come through and get Crystal from under Embracer because yeah. I want a, I want a new good Tomb Raider because I love them Tomb Raider games. I love Crystal Dynamics. Same with Idols Montreal. Like, come on, man. Swear into Galaxy, man. Please. Come on. Uh. More news that is like this with story number four. Gearbox is close to a sale. Uh, this is Ethan Gotch at Kotaku. Embracer bought Borderlands maker Gearbox Entertainment for $1.2 billion back in early 2021 amid an unprecedented acquisition spree that's since turned into a financial disaster. Now, just three years later, Kotaku has learned that Gearbox is closer than ever to being sold out from under what is arguably the most hated company in gaming. Gearbox CEO and co-founder Randy Pitchford held a town hall with staff earlier this week in which he told employees that a decision had been made regarding the studio's future, with more information to be shared next month. According to two sources familiar with the meeting, or sorry, according to two sources familiar with the meeting, uh, for months now, Pitchford has told developers at Gearbox that there were, po- there were three possible scenarios. Stay with Embracer sell to someone else, or finance a buyout and go back to being independently run. Kotaku understands that the decision was made to sell and a deal is in the late stages of being finalized. Embracer did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Pitchford has sent Kotaku the, the following statement. Pitchford will always have something to say. Always. Like, everybody mm-hmm. else who declined to comment, Pitchford is like, yo, what put do you me want? in, yeah, coach. I'll go. talk. He says, quote, I'm delighted that we, that we might uh, be up to, uh, sorry, I'm delighted that what we might be up to is interesting enough to people that you want to make a story about us for your readers. I'm honored and humbled that our company is a topic of rumor, speculation, and discussion. As always, we'll be thrilled to share whenever we have projects to announce or news to share as we work hard towards our mission to entertain the world. End quote. Cool. Man, bless. I, if there was a way we could have a time machine and go like 10 years in the future mm-hmm. and me and you just sit at this desk and then just look, look at the end, just Google. Yeah. Just who's owned Google, by who? <laughs> who owns who? What's yeah. going on? What do video games look like? It'd be so fascinating because this era of acquisitions, we're now seeing the phase whatever, two, three of, yeah. where there's the diverging of assets and the resellings and the new things popping up and being bought or turning into something else. Like Imagine, imagine like ourselves from 10 years ago yeah. transporting to today. I know. Being like, wait, Bungie is owned by who? Like, yeah, what the fuck? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, totally. It, there's, there's a lot of that. So what does this look like then? Gearbox, who's, somebody's buying them. They're not going independent. Who's buying them? Who is buying them? If you had to, if you had to speculate, I mean, I, I mean, think it the might easiest be... answer is Microsoft, right? Oh, you think Microsoft? I mean, I'm just saying, like, who who could, who would be interested, who's been gobbling out there? See, Microsoft. I was, I was thinking of like because the other one would be Embracer, but they're the ones getting rid of them. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Yeah, I was trying to think of like who's like just the most random. Like maybe Take Two is like come back, <laughs> come back to us. Mm, yeah. Take Two gets them back, or like 
fucking right. It's probably not take tea though. Um, I don't Bander, know. Bander threw out ten cent. See, I was gonna say ten cent. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say ten cent. Um, see, I was thinking of like how wa- how wacky would it be if PlayStation got Gearbox? That doesn't it doesn't, doesn't feel like Gearbox like fit the PlayStation yeah. mold. But yeah, you know, we've seen. I mean, we've seen crazier things. The fact that PlayStation obviously wants live service and mm-hmm. play and like probably also just wants shooters in general. If you can get Borderlands as an exclusive for PlayStation, you're playing the game. And so, yeah, we'll see. We will. Uh, last news story before we get into Wii News. Story number five. Rockstar mandates return to office five days a week. This is Marie Dalessandri at GamesIndustry.biz. Rockstar is set to move back to working in office five days a week from April. That's according to Bloomberg, which had access to an email sent to staff on Wednesday by Rockstar head of publishing, Jen Kolb. The publication reported that Kolb attributed the new policy to productivity and security reasons, adding that Rockstar sees tangible benefits of working in, in an office. Quote, making these changes now puts us in the best position to deliver the next Grand Theft Auto at the level of quality and polish we know it requires, along with a publishing roadmap that matches the scale and ambition of the game, Kolb reportedly said. Rockstar experienced a major Grand Theft Auto 6 leak back in September 2022 and another one in December 2023. The game is not due until 2025. So this is interesting because what this tells me, not rocket science here, Mm -hmm. but the ramp up begins. Right, We are in the final stages of them prepping this for release. Grand Theft Auto 6, what is sure to be the biggest entertainment release of all time, mm-hmm. is coming. It's coming next year. And we've been talking about this with the, the statements made about the fiscal statements and stuff. And I was looking into it because I, I was like, I keep saying this, but am I correct about it? And I think I might have been wrong about a couple of the details because when they did the whole financial quarters and talking about the, the fiscal quarters of, mm-hmm. of Grand Theft Auto um, 6, it was one of the only games where it was referred to as it, with different words that didn't imply um, the fiscal year being there, more okay. just the, the 2025 calendar year. Oh, okay. And I, I wish I wrote down the exact yeah. words there, but I saw it. I was like, oh, okay, that actually does make it different where it's more of like a, hey, 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 it's coming, not I, a, oh, it's guaranteed to I, hit. I, sw- I swear there was, we talked about this like maybe a year or so ago of take two having very yeah. high expectations for fiscal like this fiscal, upcoming fiscal exactly. year so but the that's when they actually talked about the gta 6 side of it it said yeah. something to the extent of the calendar year so okay. it still could fit in that fiscal and those statements could not contradict each other yeah but it's not a sure thing as of how they're talking about it so far that the game would come out before march which i know a lot of people or before the end of March, a lot of people were like, it's not going to happen anyways, ourselves included, being like, it's going to get delayed. Yeah. Um, in, in an internal delay. It's not officially delayed because we don't know the the actual things. I think it hits 2025. I mean, I also wouldn't be surprised if it's already if it already was like officially or internally, internally delayed, delayed, right? Delayed. Like the Take-Two num- uh, uh, fiscal stuff was like, again, like a year or two ago. Exactly. So, Do you think that it hits 2025? Oh, yeah. GTA yeah. 6? Me too. Yeah. I think by the end of 2025, for sure. Yeah. So... Uh, whether it's before March or the end of 2025, this story, it totally adds See, up. See, I, I read the story and I read two things, right? One, looking at just the ecosystem of where we're at with all the layoffs and all this stuff, right? Like it's often said that companies uh, uh, like post-pandemic have done this as a way to like do like soft layoffs of 
people that aren't able to come into office, like they, they're not able to like continue working that uh, that job for multiple reasons. People who are hired as a work from home thing, but yeah. then, you know, don't move out to the place and then all this shit, right? Or like people who might have reasons they can't come to the office for maybe disability or maybe like different things, right? Like I, I, I think that is a thing that is to be taken in consideration when you read something like this. The other thing, and this is more so like, just when we look at the two big leaks that have happened already and like them talking about like, oh yeah, we're talking, we're um, uh, uh, making these changes now to put in the best position to deliver uh, GTA level at the level of quality and polish we know it requires. Uh, but then also, um, oh, I guess when there's something, I think there was something else here just talking about like the security of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, new policy to productivity and security reasons. If I'm, if I'm Rockstar and we've had two big leaks and one of those big leaks was the trailer because somebody's son got a hold of the thing and then the fucking um, crypto people yeah. <laughs> like, leaked the game. I'm like, all right, two strikes, you're out. You're all coming into the office. Like yeah. we're working off of these encrypted computers. We're going to have no more leaks. Like I would be, I, I like, I, I, I think that's probably a big part of it. It's just that like, yo, we're in this final stretch. Don't fuck us. And it's Rockstar. And it's Rockstar. They're like, don't yeah. fuck us. You're not leaking any, any more of this shit. Yeah. I also think there might be a third element uh, here, which we can't say for sure what the ecosystem like is at uh, Rockstar. They're usually very quiet. Uh, but I do remember, what was this, back in uh, like 2018, maybe 2019, of just like a, the kind of big story of like their, their crunch culture um, and how things kind of start from the top and then trickle down to pressure employees to, to stay longer in the office uh, mm -hmm. than they should. Um, and I think there is a, a certain amount of control that they can have that naturally happen without doing anything um, like uh, forcefully um, by just have it, making people be in office. So I think there's another layer there that, um, you know, I, I would be wary about and I, I hope it isn't the case. Cause again, that was a, that was a few years ago and that was for red dead two, I believe. So, I I know you know some leadership is left and all that stuff. I don't know what it's like now, but um, yeah, multiple layered thing yeah. here. And I will say there. Were, I think in Jason's article too, he had mentioned that the workers aren't happy about this. Obviously, of course. Right? Like I, yeah. I wouldn't be happy either if I was like a if we were. The it, world was fucking shaken in 2020. Yeah. And everyone's trying to figure it out of like how to move forward. But guess what? The result that resulted in people changing how life worked and yeah. how the world worked. And so, also, yeah, like this, if I'm put in this situation where it is like. Oh, I can do this work from home, right? Like, why am I not doing this work from home? And you're bringing me into office for ar arbitrary reasons, maybe reasons to enforce crunch, maybe reasons to softly off people, all this shit. Then, yeah, like, I can see people being very pissed off at, uh, at this. Totally. Hang on strong. Tim, that was a lot of big news we just talked about. Oh, but so if I wanted something smaller, say the tiniest news I need to know about, where would I go? You'd go to our last story, the We News Channel, where we cover all the small news items that you need to know about. Now it's time. Story number six, it's the Wii News. Uh, this first one comes from VGC. Sega has hired Justin Scarpone, a former Disney ex executive, to lead its transmedia strategy. Uh, Scarpone will assume the role of Sega Executive Vice President and Global Head of Transmedia on April 1st, 2024. Uh, the establishment of a global transmedia group will allow the company to advance its transmedia strategy across its wide portfolio of IP, such as Persona, Like a Dragon, Angry Birds, and more in the coming years, the company said. Uh, this next one comes from VGC as well. Uh, footage of Helldiver 2's, uh, sorry, Hell's, yeah, Helldiver 2's, Helldiver's 2's, there it is, upcoming mechs have seemingly leaked. A player who originally posted the footage on Reddit said they encountered mechs in a recent or in a random game this week. They also claim to have seen new weapons like an energy RPG, a, me a meteorite that hits like a nuke, 
and um, a group of NPC support characters that can be call, uh, called in. Uh, Dave the Diver is getting a physical Nintendo Switch version. The physical Nintendo Switch version includes a special collaboration with Guilty Gear Strive. Wow. That's an ad lib right there. Right there. You're just filling in games yep, at that point. For sure. Guilty Gear Strive cross Dave the Diver. Get it together. Uh, Aerial Knights We Never Yield launches this summer on PC. Hell yeah. Yeah, let's go. Can't wait for that one. Uh, Earth Defense Force World Brothers 2 launches May 23rd on PS4, PS5, and Switch in Japan and September 26th worldwide. Biomutant will be released for Switch on May 14th, 2024. THQ Nordic has announced. Dragon Ball Fighters is out today on PS5 and Xbox Series X. Macross S Plus is out for Switch. And last but not least, Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth is out today on PS5. Oh, and joining us now, we have Cloud. No, we have... Who are these people? Who are you supposed to be? <laughs> wow. I mean, we're iconic characters, bless. How could you are not you tell? Who are you? That's clearly Pizza Slice. Oh, sorry, Pizza Slice. <laughs> I'm Biggs, one of the fighters for Avalanche, one of the uh-huh. one of the rebel groups, mm. and this is uh, Mac. Mac. <laughs> Mac Fair, he's Zach's brother. Oh, Mac. Uh, oh, my bad. How could I forget Mac Fair? We got a, we got a bit. Yeah, he's Soldier First Class. We got a big, big marathon stream coming big. after this. It's gonna be like a jumble jumbo kind of normal stream, but if you extend it. The more you add and subscribe, the longer we'll go. We want to go pretty late until tonight. And uh, the hope is to get Mike outside in the parking lot so I can straighten his hair and then dye it black. No way. Um, so, yeah, we're really, really excited. Like by just like Zach Fair. He'd be alive. Like I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> he could be alive in my Mako dream, Bless. We're going to find Whoa. out today, bro. Your Mako, Mako free guns. Eddie, what's in your mouth? Um, Tic Tac, uh, Fruit Adventure, Tic Tacs. I love that, you know, they get all dressed up. They come out to do this <laughs> for this one time on the bike, and he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> Eddie's a fucking He looks fucking awesome, by God, the way. And also, yeah. shout out to Andy for making this. Look at this. Look how good this set looks. This is incredible. I love it. God, shout out to Wee News. And that is it for love Wee those News. boys. Uh, before we get out of here, we got some super chats for you. Uh... Lion of the Desert gives us a super chat. Doesn't say anything, but just gives us a chat. Thank you for that. I'll shout you out. Manic Pixel writes in and says, Industry shrinking reports on KFG this year have the same vibe as the pre-lockdown COVID news stories uh, on KFG in early 2020. It feels that way. We yeah. just keep saying things and it's like, oh, this is bad. This is real bad. It's the, this is really I also think bad. it's the thing where like, there's always a trend that's like, always persistent and it always comes in these different horrible forms because i remember when i was listening to kpd every single day before i got hired kind of funny and the talk was always loot boxes yep. star wars battlefront 2 mm-hmm. had the worst loot boxes and that was followed by other blue things that had bad loot boxes and that was like the whole thing and it felt like it was industry shattering but what's happening now actually is kind of industry shattering right like this shit is a lot more serious but also covid when that was happening was also a fucking big like we don't know what the fuck is going on here, right? Like, yeah. there's always some crazy shit going on in the world, <sighs> and we're just all on this big rock together, barreling toward whatever the space wants to take us to. <laughs> Will we all survive? We'll have to find out. Tune in next week to see. Um, let's see. Rich Pelosi says, uh, do you think the trend of games going open world increased dev time slash cost to unsustainable levels that contribute to these layoffs? I mean, I don't think open world is the, is, is the thing, right? Like, I think it, it might just go back to what we were talking about earlier with uh, the Harada tweet, right? talking about just games, budgets, b- ballooning, like, you know, multiplying. Tekken, like, Tekken is a fighting game franchise. And you're telling me that Tekken 8 was two to three times more, uh, 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 like, development budget to mm-hmm. make and, and, and publish. Like, 
that just goes across the board. And a lot of that I think is fidelity. A lot of that is user expectation. A lot of that is online. Like there's so many factors that go into it. I don't think open world is, is, is the thing here. And then uh, go for it. Oh yeah. We have one more from lion of the desert. who says, uh, uh, Hey guys, spreading the word on Egyptian series 2024 about origin origins of the Assassin's Creed game are based on and then they have like a word that is written in arabic that i do not know how to read and then tr they say trailer is subbed i don't know what they're talking about here though i don't know if you understand this one if this oh, different series no i wonder if there's like maybe a new trailer or something for assassin's creed that they're referring to my apologies for not understanding the reference line of the desert it sounds cool uh over on you're wrong we just have one thing from tundra boy um answering a question i had here saying we never got concrete sales numbers for dead space remake but it couldn't crack the top 20 highest selling games of 2023 according to circana mm. so mm. yeah all right well there you have it there ladies and gentlemen that's it for that's kind it. of funny games daily it's over it's over <laughs> will we be back next week hopefully this big rock that we're, we're all tomorrow? on together <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. It's, not friday. it's not friday, it's not oh, friday. We, we keep thinking it's friday because we did our meeting today but it's not friday oh, yeah. it's and so you two are hosting as well yeah exactly yeah. will we fun. be back tomorrow we'll see where this big old rock takes us yeah well what i do know is right now over on twitch and youtube if you're watching on twitch you can just hang out if you're watching on youtube you're gonna have to make the jump to a different stream the boys are about to start their journey in final fantasy 7 rebirth and let me tell you guys, you're going to want to see Mike experience this game from the very beginning. I can't <laughs> wait for Mike to put there. Him talking about remake and his uh, just like his excitement for remake. It's like, damn, I can't wait for you. To He's going to love it. He's going to love it. Also, <sighs> while I'm here, I'm just going to tease. Tomorrow's episode of Game Showdown is going to oh. be fucking incredible. Incredible. That's all I'm going to say. Y'all ain't ready. Yeah, you, you guys are not ready for tomorrow's episode. You're going to want to tune in for that one. But. This has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about live on YouTube, Twitch, and on podcast services around the globe. If you love what we do, please support us with the Kind of Funny membership on Patreon or YouTube to get all of our shows ad-free, watch us record them live, and get a daily exclusive show. Until next time, Game Daily. <laughs>